Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Clive Urquhart. Great. Um, yeah, living in freedom every day or freedom is um, it's amazing, isn't it? When, you know when you just get into the Word, God's always going to work. Because yeah. he works through his Word, doesn't he? Yeah. And um, just to add to what uh, these guys were saying... I've uh, I went through I went been through it twice myself in terms of the curriculum and two encounters and then we've run as a church I think this weekend was the sixth one we've we've run and um, it's like a little bit like an MOT you know you have to take your car and just make sure everything's how it should be and it's a little bit like that the first time you go God does a lot in you and, and then if you go through it again, it's like he just continues to refine. But what he's doing, he's revealing more of who he is in your life and more of who you are in him so that you live more fully in who you are. Is that okay? Does this sound a bit funny? Can, is that all right? Can you just... Yeah, thanks, mate. Um, so, yeah, I want to encourage you. If, you. if you've not done freedom, then really encourage you. It's part of our discipleship pathway as a church. We want to help people grow in their relationship with God and, and then just being a witness, effective in, in their lives and everything. So uh, if you haven't done it, encourage you to do it. If you have done it, do it again. It's brilliant. But also, you can, you can help, like Anna was saying, you can, um, if you've been through it, then there's a possibility of helping to co-lead a small group or end up maybe leading a small group. And what God's done in you, you can then help others come into as well. And you'll grow in a different way if you start leading other people. Other things start getting activated in your life when you begin to lead other people. So uh, that's a bit more of a stretch zone, that one. But, uh, but you grow when you lead others and have to invest in their, in their lives. Brilliant. Now, just before we get into the word... Uh, this morning, the, the children are going to come back in at about 11.20, something like that, and we're all going to have communion together as part of the response to the word this morning. Uh, so we're going to pray in families, pray in friendship groups, parents are going to pray for their children, children are going to pray for their parents, and in whatever groups we're in, and God's going to do some stuff this morning. Is that okay? You're right. You're alive and kicking this morning? Brilliant. Now, one other thing, uh, Pastor Corin and Caroline, uh, they are going to be 80 years old in the new year. Uh, Pastor Corin in January and then Caroline in March. Um, so we are, we're just putting together some stuff for them. We want to bless them uh, in terms of... So on the 26th of January, it's actually Pastor Corin's birthday that day, but we're going to do a little bit of a joint celebration thing for them. It's, it's difficult to split them in four different directions across four congregations. So we're going to do a little bit of a celebration of their life. We're putting together like some video stuff, pictures and this, that and the other. And we'll show that in all congregations that morning. But also what we want each congregation to do is to do a kind of video sometime in the next two or three weeks where... Uh, we can just film everybody going, happy birthday or whatever, bless you, we love you, that kind of thing that we'll show on that morning. But also, we, we want to bless them in some way by giving them a gift of some sort. We don't know what exactly we're going to, we're just trying to work out what would bless them. So uh, we're saying to all the congregations, if anybody wants to contribute towards that gift, what we, we're not going to give them money, uh, we want to buy them something to bless them, And uh, so if you want to contribute towards that in some way, just say, I'd love to give five quid or a couple of quid or something, whatever uh, you'd like to do. They don't know we're doing this, by the way. Um, Then 
you can do that. You can either you can either bank transfer. I don't know how many of you do that with your general tithes or your giving. You might transfer it direct from your bank into Kingdom Face. You can do that. You can do a bank transfer. You could ring the office during the week and just say, "I'd like to give some money uh, to the 80th birthday kind of uh, gift." Uh, or I think that's probably the only way you can do it. Uh, actually, they can't, people can't give money here, can they? We can do. All right, so if you put it in an envelope here, you want to, uh, then you can give it to the info, point. info point. Okay, then, uh, then that will go towards just put 80th birthday gift. So if you're doing a bank transfer as well, in the reference there, just put 80th birthday gift. And then in finance, then they'll know uh, where to allocate that, um, that money. So yeah, so there's going to be a bit of a celebration. So we just wanted to let everybody know about that. And if you want to contribute, then then uh, that would be, uh, be great. Okay, ready for the word? Yes. Just turn to somebody else next to you, first of all. Give them a greeting, say hi to them. Tell them you look amazing. I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad I'm sitting next to you this morning. Great. Now... We've been, going through, uh, we've been going through a series over the autumn period across the church in our various congregations, and I'm sure you'll know what that is by now, living a next steps life. And uh, why do we do, why do we talk about living a next steps life? Because our relationship with God is a walk with God. So we always want to walk with him and move forward with him. And in order to walk somewhere, you have to take steps. And we always want to be growing spiritually, so we always want to be taking steps in our relationship with God to grow with Him. We want to be taking steps in our relationships with one another so that we grow relationally, deeper friendships, the way we love one another, serve one another, bless one another. But we also want to be taking steps in our witness, how we're sharing our faith and the life that we have uh, in God. We want to be sharing that with family, friends, work colleagues, neighbours, so we want to live a next steps life. And we've kind of put another phrase with that, living a next steps life as a worshipper. Now we, we often think about worship in a meeting and like we have this morning, we might lift our hands, we might worship Jesus that way. But uh, God sees worship as a bigger picture than just singing a few songs or worshipping him in a meeting. Uh, the way we live our lives, we want to honour God and, we, and as we honour God in the way that we live, that is worship to him. So in terms of living a next steps life, that we're on a walk with God, then that is how we are a worshipper in terms of the decisions we make, the way we think, the way we act, the way we love, the way we serve, the way we give, the way we bless others, and, and all of that. That's part of the way that we honour God and live as a worshipper. And we've been covering a lot of different topics over the last few weeks. What does it mean? What does it look like to live as a worshipper in our lives? And we've, we've covered some things about how to grow this way in our relationship with God. We've looked at some other things. How do we grow in our relationships with one another? And, uh, and in the new year, we're going to look a little bit more into how do we become more effective in our witness, sharing our faith, and how do we reach out beyond our own lives into the lives of others that don't yet no, Jesus. So we're going to step into that a bit more in the new year. And so this morning, what we're going to do, we're going to look at really briefly before the children come back, uh, living as a worshipper in our homes. 
Um, I don't know if you've got a slate. Have you got a slate on there, guys? With um, uh, you haven't. Somebody told me it was put on the machine, but I don't know if you've got it. Where it's the five-level thing where it talks about God and King Jesus at the top. Then it says kingdom. Then underneath it says the church. If you if you've got it, great. You haven't. All right, don't worry. Okay, so. We want to look at what does it mean to live as a worshipper in our home. Now, we did a very short little mini-series for three weeks earlier in the year called Lordship in the Homes. Anybody remember that? And it was, I think for you guys, you had more of a video. I think three weeks of me sort of talking at you, talking to you on a video. And um, so so I went to Worthing last week and somebody said to me, oh, you do exist then. You are a real person. (laughs) It's like, yeah. Um, And um, so... What I want to do is not just talk about that, but just take the essence of some of that. Because, you know, we can hear a message and we can respond to it. And maybe a few weeks later, especially if it's quite a practical response, we don't necessarily continue to live in the good of it because challenges come or, or it's easy to slip back into maybe the way we were doing things or living or whatever. And, uh, and so this is a little bit of a refresher, but... I want us to just be encouraged this morning as the importance of his lordship in our homes and what goes on there. So if you can just imagine for a moment, because I haven't got a slate that I can put up there. If you imagine that our relationship with God, with with King Jesus. So if you imagine the top line just says, God, King Jesus, okay? He's the one we know. He's the one that we want to honour in our lives. In order to have a king, there must be a kingdom, okay? So the next line under that would be kingdom, and so we're, we're now part of God's kingdom. Now, in God's kingdom, there is his church. And his church is basically the body of Christ around the world. And as the body of Christ, we're to take God's kingdom, his kingdom life, out into the world so that others can be part of his kingdom, come into relationship with him. So... In the body of Christ, in the church, which is the third line down, the next one, the fourth line, would say local church. So every believer, everybody who comes to know Jesus needs to be part of a local church, the body of Christ in a local situation. So biblically, you can't, become, you can't be a believer and come to know Jesus and then not be connected into the body of Christ. You can't just be an independent person over here somewhere saying, well, I know Jesus, but I don't like the church. Uh, That's like saying, Jesus, I like you as the head, but I don't like your body. And uh, because Jesus is the head of the church, and we, those who come to know him, form the body of Christ. And so he's the head, he's in charge. But it's interesting how the heart is in the body, not in the head. And so God puts his heart in us as the body, and then we carry God's heart as a body in terms of knowing him, loving one another, and then reaching, reaching the world, okay? And so often uh, in church, in a, in a church setting, we talk about the church, we talk about us as believers in relationship to the church, and we often talk about the church having a vision, having a purpose, what's our vision, what we're going for, what we're believing for, and, and everybody's here to serve the vision, and all of that kind of stuff. Well, every church needs to have a vision, needs to have a purpose. But how healthy and how strong and vibrant a local church is, is very much dependent on how healthy and vibrant our homes are in terms of our relationship with God and his lordship in our homes. So 
how we live our lives in our homes and how we cultivate his presence and his lordship in our homes will then obviously affect how we are as a body when we come together. So if we have a vibrant relationship with God in our own lives and a vibrant relationship with God going on in our homes, with our families, in our marriages or whatever context you live in, maybe uh, there's a number of singles that might be sharing a house together. Whatever environment we're in, we want to be cultivating relationship with him, cultivating his presence there and the strength and the health and the life of that. When we come together, what's that going to be like when we come together? Because what that means is if we're developing that in our own setting, we're bringing that life and dynamic into the body when we come together. We're not coming together as a body waiting for somebody else to bring that dynamic into our lives for us. What we're doing in our homes is we're taking responsibility for our own relationship with God and we're taking responsibility of of what that that can look like in our homes. So we're going to go through a few different scriptures and probably going to talk a little bit pacey, is that all right? Because there's quite a bit to get in. But um, just want to look at a few scriptures. So what does God want in our homes? He wants his shalom in our homes. Now, what does the word shalom mean? Most people go, oh, that's a, that's a Jewish word, isn't it? Uh, shalom is a Hebrew word, and it means peace. In English, the word peace has quite a narrow meaning because most people say, you know, are you at peace? And it normally just means, are you, are you okay? Are you, I'm peaceful, yeah. Everything's all right. But... The word shalom means God's abundant well-being. It means nothing missing, nothing lost, nothing lacking. So when God wants his shalom in our homes, it means he wants his abundant well-being in our homes and in our lives. He doesn't want there to be anything lacking, anything missing uh, in our homes. Is that all right? Now, how many, of, how many of you want that in your home in an increasing measure, okay? Well, that's God's heart, that's God's life, and that's what he wants to release. So a couple of verses, Luke 2, verse 14. This is when Jesus was being born, and there was a declaration made by some angels out where the shepherds were looking after their sheep. And we know that's the kind of season we're coming into now, Christmas season, and the shepherds are out washing their socks and all of that, looking after their sheep and everything. And uh, what did the angels do? They appeared and said, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests. So the first thing these angels are saying is glory to God and on earth peace to men. So the reason why this, this saviour is being born is to bring peace, is to bring shalom. Now the word shalom there is total abundant well-being, means his salvation, his healing, his, the fullness of his life. And so when Jesus was being born, the first declaration that was made from heaven to earth at that moment was glory to God in the highest, but on earth salvation, deliverance, healing, peace on, to men on whom his favour rests. So we know God's heart is that he comes upon us with his shalom, with his peace, with his rest, with his salvation, with his healing. Then in Isaiah 53, verse 5, it says, He was pierced for our transgressions and he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace, same word, abundant well-being, salvation, healing, fullness of life was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. So Jesus took upon himself all of the punishment that we deserve as people because God's a God of, God's a God of righteousness. He's a holy God. So nothing can have relationship with him unless 
It is holy. It has been made righteous. But also he's a God of justice, righteousness and justice. And so in order for us to be made holy, he had to exercise his justice to deal with the sin and the separation there there was between mankind and God. Now, we deserve the punishment because of sin and separation and how we treated God. But yet God said, I'm not going to punish mankind. I'm going to come myself as a perfect sacrifice through Jesus and I'm going to take all the punishment upon myself because I'm a God of justice. I have to exercise justice to deal with what is wrong so that something could be made right. And so Jesus took sin and everything on himself, sickness, death, overcame all of that, defeated it, made that declaration that day. It is finished. It's done. The punishment has been uh, taken and justice has been exercised. That's amazing, isn't it? That God loves us to that point where he doesn't treat us as we deserve. That's amazing. The world thinks that God's angry with them and everything else, but God so loved uh, the world that he gave. He's already done everything possible for every person on the planet, no matter what's happened to them, what they believe, what their lifestyle is. Jesus loves every person that is walking the face of this earth right now. And he showed that by dying on the cross and taking everything on himself to open up the way to make it possible for people to know him. That's his love. Then in number 6, 24 to 26, it says, this is the priestly blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. His shalom, his abundant total well-being. Nothing missing, nothing lacking. And so God wants this in our lives, but he wants this in our homes. Why, why is the lordship in our homes so, so important in the day that we're living in? Because so many homes are fragmented. So many relationships are fragmented. And God has called us as, as believers, God has called us as the church, not only together what our witness is like, but how healthy our homes are, our marriages are, our relationships are, what our relationships with our children are like, what theirs with us is like, what there's with one another is like. It's like God's called us as the church to be an example to show what it can look like to have healthy relationships where we're not full of bitterness, resentment, anger. We don't take offence over this, that and the other, but we're gracious, we're forgiving, we love, we serve, we bless. It's like we want the best for people. And, 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 and so our homes, it's like, God wants them to be like an oasis. So where we all live in our streets and communities, it's like there's a lot of fragmentation going on. There's a lot of angst in people's lives. There's a lot of trouble and difficulty in in people's lives. And and it's like God sees our lives and our homes like we're we're like an oasis there. So what's what's an oasis? It's a place where people can find water, food, rest, safety, help. Whatever they might need, they can find in an oasis. And, and God has called our homes and lives to be an oasis so that when, when somebody comes to an oasis, what, what do they do? They can rest in the, from their journey, rest from their troubles, rest from their difficulties. They can be watered, they can be fed, they can find shelter, they can find a place of peace. And maybe your home is the only place like that where you live. 
in your street. I don't know. There might be lots of Christians around where you live. Maybe, the, maybe you're the only household where you live that knows how to cultivate the presence of God because we want to worship God in our homes. And, and obviously, I don't know what you guys are like. I'm not the best singer. And uh, I think some angels put auto-tune on my voice from what it, how it comes out like that and how God hears it. I think he says to some of the angels, just put auto-tune on when Clive sings because um, he's not that, you know, whatever, in key. So I hear his heart, but it'd be nice to hear it in tune too. So just stick that auto-tune on, you know. And, um, but we want to cultivate our homes being those kind of places. Why? Because people need to... Well, I don't know, you've probably had said about you, somebody comes into your home that doesn't know Jesus and they walk in and, and they might be having a cup of tea, they might come around for a meal, they might just popped into... How many friends or people have ever said, wow, you're so peaceful here in your house. I like coming around here. Uh, or, or whatever they might say. Why? Because God's there. It's because God's there. It's not just that we're a peaceful person because we've found peace somewhere. It's because God is in us. He's in our homes. And therefore people come into something that they don't readily experience in their, in their lives. So we want to be cultivating that. So in our homes, we are the gatekeepers. We decide what comes in and what doesn't come in. And <clears throat> what does that mean to be a gatekeeper? It means you have authority. So you and I, we decide what goes on in our homes, what kind of atmosphere we have in our homes, what, what happens in our homes. And there are, a lot of, there are different avenues into our homes. The front door is one of them, or the back door, whichever way people come into your home. The, the doors, uh, uh, the, the front door is the access point physically, but there are other access points like what, social media through the internet, Sky TV or whatever you have, if you have TV and all of that. There are, there are other access points that come into our home that can either affect negatively or positively the kind of atmosphere we have in our home. What kind of atmosphere do we want? What do we watch? What do we listen to? What do we allow to go on? Because that, that, everything that happens in our homes is determined by his lordship, where the lordship of who he is, is in our, in our lives. And so let's have a quick look at um, 1 Peter 2 verse 9. It says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. The phrase there, a royal priesthood. So there's two words, royal and priesthood. If there's going to be a priesthood, what is that? Priesthood is a number of priests, a group of priests. Um, so if there's going to be a priesthood, there must be priests. And the Bible talks about in the Old Testament, uh, the priests that were set apart by God to do two things. One primarily, one was to minister to the Lord, but also the priest prepared the place, the tabernacle, or the environment that the people were going to come to, to worship. The priest had a responsibility to prepare that, envir that environment for the people to come and worship. And so priests worship God, that, you know, worship, but they also create the environment. So we now as believers, all of us are priests when you know God. It might not be a modern word that we use for believers, um, but we're all now priests. So what does a priest do? A priest ministers to God, worships God. But also in our homes, in our lives, what do we do? We're also creating an environment in our homes for others to come and encounter God, to meet with God, or for the presence of God to be there. 
And so we want to cultivate that in our lives. And then um, it says here, we're a royal priesthood. What does that mean? Well, we're part of a kingdom and our kingdom has a king and his name is Jesus. So we're, we're part, we're, so it says we're a royal priesthood. So therefore, everybody in the room who knows Jesus, you're royalty. Because we're part of a kingdom that's not part of an earthly kingdom. It's a heavenly kingdom, a spiritual one. But we're now royal. So everybody, you know, just have a look around the room. And uh, there's a few, there's a few, the sons of God, you know, princes, princes. Oh, I don't know, I don't want to get into that. But if you understand what I mean, we're part of a royal priesthood. Now, royalty has favour. So if one of the royals walked in now, there'd be a certain code of honour, respect that we would want to... So if, if William and Kate walked in now, we wouldn't just go, oh yeah, they're at the back this morning. All right, guys, bless you. you know, we'd be like, oh right, Prince William and Princess Kate are coming. Wow, what would, you, would you have dressed differently this morning? I don't know, I'm not, I'm not saying you have to dress... You know, but <laughs> would we have thought about something different if they were going to be in the room this morning? Well, together, we are, we are a royal priesthood. There's God's favour on our lives. How many know that God's favour is more powerful than men's favour? So sitting here this morning, you are favoured by God because we're a royal priest. We're priests. Okay? So maybe another phrase to use for a priest these days would be pastor or saint or whatever. Pastor. So you're the pastor in your home. So I'm not the pastor in your home. So I might be the pastor of the church, and Anna and Rohan are the pastors of the Crawley congregation. But when it, if any of us come to your homes, we're not the pastor in your home. You are. So if, if any of us came round your home for, for lunch after the meeting this morning, and uh, we came round your place and we were going to have lunch and everything, um, and say we are going to have communion or whatever we were going to do, um, we're going to sit around the table and, and I, this is your home. So I might come in. I might be the pastor of the church, but I'm not the pastor of the home. So when I come into your home, this, is going to, this might sound odd to some of you guys. If I came into your home, I now come under your authority in the home because you're in charge there. It's your home. You're the pastor. You're the priest. You're the authority in that place. Are, are you there? So if I walked into your home, I wouldn't just go and help myself to whatever and do whatever I want. It's your home. Now, if you said to me when we walked in the door, hey, guys, just feel free to get whatever you want from the fridge or help yourselves to this, that and the other. Just every, you know, our home's your home, bless you. I'd be like, all right, thanks, brilliant, great. You know, I'd still probably be a little bit, okay, I wouldn't just run to the fridge and grab everything out of it, you know. But I wouldn't do that unless you allowed, unless you gave me permission, because it's your home. Okay, so... Uh, in the same way, if you came in my home, I, I'm, it's not because I'm the pastor of the church, therefore I'm the pastor of the home. It's because it's my house, I'm, I'm in charge there, in the same way that you are in your place. Okay? So in our homes, we decide what comes in and what doesn't come in. Okay? So why is, this, why is this important? Because so many people allow all kinds of stuff in their homes. And we're gatekeepers, we're guardians. Yeah especially if you've got children and they're growing up, what we allow them to, to watch and not watch and uh, what goes on in our homes. We want, it, we want, it, you know, uh, want our homes to be full of the presence of God, don't we? So let's have a look at Deuteronomy chapter 6. Let's have a look at this for a minute because uh, the time's sort of running out. It says here, uh, Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 to 9, These commandments I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home. And when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. 
Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and your gates. Now, if, if, you, if you've met some Jewish people, uh, they sometimes, some of the Orthodox guys, the religious Jews, some of them would strap little boxes with scriptures there, or they wrap them around their arms and have a box on their wrist, and they put little scriptures on the door frames and that kind of stuff. And really what they're doing is they're responding to what that says in there. They're saying, our homes and our lives, we want these written on our lives, written on the door frames of our house and homes and everything else. Now, when we know Jesus, we don't need to put boxes on our foreheads or, or put boxes on them because God is writing his word and who he is, oh, whoops, sorry, on our hearts because God's come to live in us, right? So now you might put a little fridge magnet up there saying Jesus loves me or Jesus loves you or you might stick a scripture around your home. Great, because it reminds you of the truth. Um, but we're not dependent on having to stick things everywhere because he's in us, right? But what does it say in this verse though? It says, these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home. Uh, What's one of the ways that we cultivate his lordship in our homes? Well, one of the ways we do that is when we, we sit around the dinner table and we eat together as a family or as a household, whatever that looks like for you. And in those, in those environments, what we're doing is we're not just talking about football or politics or who wound me up at work today and all of that kind of stuff. That's the reality of life. But also what we want to be doing is, is, is talking about who God is. Especially if you've got children, they're living in a culture where they're bombarded constantly with you have to think like this, behave like this, you have to wear this. If you don't wear this, you're not cool, you're not part of the crowd. You're, there's a constant pressure to think, to be, to do, and all of that in certain ways, to conform to the way things are in your thinking, let alone anything else. And we are all bombarded with that at the moment in terms of um, how we're supposed to be thinking these days, what you're allowed to say and not say, what is this, that and the other and, and everything. And, and even to have a, you know, a thought that is, is your own opinion, is, is, you know, it's going a bit crazy these days. So we want to make sure that as parents or whatever our situation is we're shaping our children's lives, and that, if I can put it this way, somebody else's table isn't shaping their lives. Because one table is called Instagram, another table is called Facebook, another table is called Twitter, another table is called the playground, another is called wherever, wherever people are. And we, we don't want the politicians to be shaping our lives, how we think, what we believe, and our children's beliefs and faith and everything else. We don't want teachers to be, we want teachers to educate our children in what they need educating in, but in terms of how they live and what they believe, that's our responsibility as parents before God to bring them up to know God and to have a relationship with him. Now that might not be a very, even these days, to even say that. People say, you're brainwashing your kids. Well, every person out there has got an agenda. Yeah. Everyone has an agenda for something. Everybody is going for something and is telling everybody else what you should think, what you should believe, how you should behave, right? So you, you cannot let your voice be silenced in your own life and in your own home, in your own world, because somebody else has a different philosophy, lifestyle, 
and belief system than yours, and they're trying to put that on you. That's what's going on. And, and all the stuff that's... And it's like, well, hang on a minute. I, I'm free to believe what I want to believe. And I'm free to raise my kids in a way that I believe is the right way for them to grow. Because you're just telling me that you think you have a better way or you're right and that I should bring my kids up in a way that you think I should be bringing them up. So, uh, so we, we are in, in our home, around our table, it's like, as we've raised our kids, we have conversations about all kinds of stuff. And um, so your kids come back from school. So-and-so said this today, or we, were, we had this conversation in class today. And, this, and it's like, well, okay, great. So, so where, what does God think about that? What does the Bible say about that? So what, what do we believe then in relation to that? It's not they're wrong, we're right, and all of that. We're not soapbox Christians where we're right, we're right, everybody's wrong or anything. It's like, okay, people think that, people are living that. So, so what does the Bible say? What do we need to think? How do we need to behave? How do we, you know... And all of that kind of stuff. And it's, it's around the table that we help to disciple our kids. It's around the table that we help to disciple one another. When you've got friends around for dinner, you know, we, we're believers, so, so our lives are centred around God. When we, have, when we have people around for dinner, we don't, again, just want to be talking about the issues of the day. In amongst all of that, we want to be saying, so where, where's God in it? What's he doing? What do we believe? What's he been showing you? What have you been praying? What's going on in your life? Why? Because we want to encourage each other. We want to spur each other on. There's enough pressures out there from outside to be living this way and that way. And we want to be encouraging one another. Why? Because we want his lordship in our lives. We want his lordship in our homes. We want to be living in a way that really honours honors him. Is that okay? So when we're eating around the table... You can, you can break bread. You can have communion with your family, with your kids or with your friends when they come round. We often on a Friday night now have people round um, and, and we, we eat together, we have, we, we have communion together and we end up praying together uh, into things. And uh, what are we doing? We're sharing life. We're talking about what God's doing. We're talking, what's he saying to us? Why? Because we want to encourage and strengthen each other. Sometimes we pray into We pray for the government or the nation or, or whatever it might be. Uh, going on because we do that, we're believers and we believe that God wants to change things and shape things in our, in our nation in a way that honours him. Um, but when you, when you get around the table with your family, for example, I know especially if you've got little kids, their attention span is like two seconds, isn't it? You know? and, and you say, okay, so let's pray. And, and they're like, you know, okay, should we pray together? Yeah. You know, and, and you say, okay, Jesus, we thank you. And they're like, have we finished yet, mum? You know, if I've only just started. I've only just, you know, yeah, yeah, I know, but I want to go. I want to go. So we know their attention span is, is not like, okay, we're going to pray. And then they all go into, all right, hallelujah. You know, your two-year-old. And they, say, oh, they might do. I don't know. If they do, you could have helped us raise our kids then. And, um, but we, we, even just around the table, you don't have to turn it into a meeting. Whatever you do, don't suddenly turn something into a meeting. Right, if we're going to have communion, we've all suddenly got to go. Because your kids are going, what's happening? What's happening? When you read the book of Acts, while they were eating, they broke bread daily you know, together in their homes. So they would get some bread and they say, hey guys, you know Jesus? Yeah, yeah, what did he do for us? What did Jesus do for us? Ask your kids some questions. Anybody know what Jesus did for us? You know, and, and see what they come out with because they, they, they do get taught some stuff in the groups, right? And, uh, and we obviously are teaching them things as well in our homes. And so, so who's Jesus? Why, oh, he's God's son or something. So what did he do? Oh, he died on the cross. Why did he do that? 
forgive our sins. You know, so does that mean you're forgiven? Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and whatever. So involve them. And that's why we break bread. Because Jesus said he gave himself for us. He wanted to bless us and give to us. All oh, right. So that's why we break bread. You know, and, and just involve them. But you can do that quickly and say, right, now let's have a bit of bread each. Now let's just drink the juice. You're not going to have wine with your kids necessarily. Bit of juice. But ju- and it might, the whole thing might be two minutes. Because that might be where it starts. It could be three minutes, four minutes. I don't know. See how it goes. Maybe if your kid's a little bit older. Well, let's, let's, we tried this a few times with our kids, worshipping together, didn't we? Singing without any music. And we ended up just laughing our heads off because Jane and I cannot sing. Two of our kids can sing. And the other one, a bit of both, really. And, and, and the ones that could sing are like, this just isn't working, Mum and Dad. This just doesn't sound good. I think God's going, Clive and Jane, just stop it. All right, that's enough. You know, put a, put, put a CD on, all right? That, you know, put a CD. Shows it when we're raising our kids, wasn't it? Um, okay, one thing before we have communion then. When you have communion, pray for your kids. Lay hands on them. Speak that priestly blessing over them from number six. All the kids, you can come and sit with your parents. Come and find your parents if you want. Um, pray for your children. Speak blessing over them. Tell them that you love them. And, and sometimes God's going to give you stuff for them. Well, share what God's saying to them. But then let your children pray for you. And, and, and it might be short, it might be one sentence, that's fine. But just let them pray for you. Maybe, you know, you just hold hands and say, do you want to pray for mum? Oh, mummy, Jesus, just bless mum. Thank you that she looks after us. Amen. Great. You know, it's, it's just why, it's a relationship. We want to help cultivate something. But pray for your kids, pray for those in your household. When you have friends around, pray for one another. Prophesy over each other, bless each other and encourage each other. When was the last time you prophesied over somebody in your home? You, you've got the gifts of the Spirit. We want to activate those. Don't just leave everything to a Sunday morning. Oh, well, we expect God to do something there. Expect God to do something in your home. Just allow His Lordship and His life to be released in your home. So, you know, you're praying together. It's like, God, do you want, do you want to encourage so-and-so who's around for dinner tonight? You know, what if you might pray beforehand and you get a word for somebody or an encouragement. Something like that. Why? Because we want to fuel and encourage each other in our relationship with the Lord, okay? So we, we kind of run out of time. There's a few more things. But we're going to have communion now, okay? And we wanted all the children in so that we have communion together. And what we're going to do in a, a couple of moments is I want to encourage you, just get either with your family, if your kids are here uh, with you, uh, just meet as a family. Or if not, then just meet as a, the, the people you've come with or friends that you're sitting next to. Just have groups of maybe three or four, four or five Max, don't, don't, not groups of 12 or 15, but just keep it small, three or four people in a group. So families or, or individuals with your friends. And what we're going to do in a moment is one person from that group, um, if you just go and get a bit of bread and one of the cups, there should be loads of cups with juice in, one for each group, um, and then go back to your group. And, uh, and then I'll, we'll, before we do anything, before we have communion, we're just going to pray first of all, okay? Is that all right? So do you want to all stand? And uh, if all, your, all the kids are here, do you want to go and find your parents? So wherever the children are, go and find your parents. And, um, or parents, find your children. I wouldn't go with Gary and Simon. We'll yeah. see what they're doing. Okay.
Oh, we can probably lose you or whatever. Okay, so if you just get in your group, then if, if one person from the group, if you just want to, the nearest table to you is probably the easiest. If you want to get a piece of bread, a chunk of bread, and, and then get a cup with some juice in it, and then go back to your group, okay? Okay, feel free to sit down if you want to in your groups. You don't have to, I mean, you can stand if you like. You can sit down, it's up to you. So don't, don't do anything yet. Just hold on a minute because we're going to pray first. Pray together. So, in our, in our homes, in our homes, God, 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 God wants an appointed time with us in our homes. We, we all live busy lives, there's a lot going on. But it's important, you know, that in our homes we do stop and we put our phones aside, we put everything else aside. And as a household, we say, right, I'm going to... As a household, we're just going to stop for a few minutes and just spend this time focused around God and, and who He is in our, in our lives, okay? So I want to encourage you to do this in your homes. So we're having communion together now in here, but I encourage you to do this in your home regularly, maybe once a week, a few times a week, just at your dinner table. Uh, so let's just pray, shall we? Firstly, yeah, great, thanks for doing that. Um, Maybe you, as head of your house, or the pastor of your home, or, or the priest of your home, whatever we've, the phrases we've used, maybe you just want to submit yourself and your home to him in a fresh way. Saying, God, I want to bring my home under your lordship in a fresh way. Because we want your shalom, your total well-being, your abundant goodness to be released in our homes and our, and our lives in a fresh way. So Jesus, maybe you just pray that in your own words. just want to bring my life and my home under your lordship in a fresh way. Thank you, Jesus. And your family, whatever context it is. And then... Jesus, we thank you that you gave your life for us. That when you were with the disciples, you took the bread and you broke it and you said, this is my body which is given for you. We thank you that you gave your life for us, Jesus. And we want to respond and give ourselves to you fully. 
And we thank you, Jesus, when you took the cup, you said, this is the blood of a new covenant, the blood shed for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Remember me every time you drink this, you do this. So we, we just want Jesus to be centre of our homes and our lives. So feel free to just share the bread and the, the, the juice within your group. And then maybe pray for one another. And especially if you're family, you've got family here, pray for your kids. Maybe pray this priestly blessing, which is Numbers 6, verses 6 to, to 9. You can pray that over your kids. Pray for them. And maybe just say to the, your kids, hey, do you want to just pray for, 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 pray for you? Let them pray for you as parents, okay? If anybody needs healing, the cross, Jesus took every sickness to the cross. If somebody needs healing, just lay hands on them and just speak healing over them right now and into their lives. Just pray for one another. God might give you a word for somebody just to really encourage them. Might give you a scripture for somebody just to, again, encourage them. We just speak God's goodness, His blessing, His abundance over people's lives. Just bless them in the name of Jesus. Speak His goodness, His shalom, His total well-being over their lives. Just release that river of life that is in you. Just release that river of life into those that you're sharing communion with. I know some of you are still praying. I know some of the guys with the younger kids, it's not so easy to carry on but just before we finish just want to encourage you guys everything we do is by faith okay so expect God to do stuff when you when you pray together have community together expect God to work expect him to move amen and uh, unless his lordship just grow and develop in our homes in our lives together okay thank you for listening to this kingdom faith podcast we trust it's been an encouragement to you For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.